On today's show, we outline five important questions to ask your advisor about inflation and its impact on you and your retirement plan. Welcome in to Your Retirement with Sam Dulles. Welcome to Your Retirement. I'm Chuck Caton with uh, Dual Financial Strategies in our studio. And of course, we're talking Sam Dual, Andy Schooler, Luke Van Abel. And uh, each and every week, we are in the Fox Valley talking about your retirement. It's all about you anywhere from Green Bay to Appleton, anywhere in the Fox Valley. And uh, they will discuss their retirement lifestyle review with you if you will make that phone call to 866-203-7486. More about that later. Uh, but I guess, uh, ladies and gentlemen, there are many economists predicting a recession in the next 12 months if we're not already in one. So the question is, is it time to stake... Is it time to take stock uh, on your current plan? And what should you be doing, if anything, to weather uh, the uh, current financial storm? So let's uh, ask you, Sam, uh, do we have uh, a recession here currently or expecting one shortly? Well, that is a topic for debate. Um, You know, the technical definition of a recession is that you've had negative gross domestic product GDP for two quarters in a row and we've certainly had that the court but uh, they changed the definition yeah then politics comes in because then the Democrats decided they needed to change the definition of what a recession was and the (laughs) Republicans are hammering the fact that it's a recession so I don't know at the end of the day if it matters the question is how is it affecting you what what is your life look like uh, in the you know in the context of everything that's going on recession or no recession um, we know that gasoline prices are higher than they've been in 40 years. We know that food and milk and things like that are expensive and in short supply. So I would say that uh, we're certainly in uh, very adverse uh, economic conditions right now. That's Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. All right. So the, I guess the question, Sam, is what now is the uh, situation? So we've got some questions that uh, I think our uh, listeners should be asking uh, their advisor if they have one. And if they don't, certainly uh, they should give you a call. So, Sam, uh, I guess the first question is, do I have a long-term financial plan that will uh, kind of wade through the short-term turmoil that we're seeing economically and be viable in the future? Well, and I think that is the I think that's the absolute key to all of this. Um, do you have a long-term plan? And what we find, Chuck, uh, with many many of the people, I would say with the vast majority of the people that come in and visit with us today, is that you do not have a long-term financial plan you don't have a retirement plan um you've either got kind of a hodgepodge assembly of mutual funds and things inside of your 401k or your current advisor has sold you a bunch of mutual funds or a variable annuity or something but uh, you know as the as the title of my book alludes to uh, the title is purpose determines placement what's the purpose of all of that stuff you know just just buying things is not a financial plan it may be a financial plan for whoever's selling it to you but it certainly isn't a financial plan for you so do you truly have a plan in place are you modifying it are you adjusting it are the managers on the back side of it modifying and adjusting it as conditions change you know are you looking at your debt pretty good time to chip away at debt as uh, as interest rates are rising fine-tuning your spending are you spending money that you don't necessarily need to spend it's like you know what's your starbucks budget in a month are you do you spend six bucks every day on starbucks um you know that's three three hundred three hundred fifty dollars a month can you can you possibly do without that 
soy mocha latte cappuccino whatever it is <laughs> nice try <laughs> whatever it is. you don't go to starbucks <laughs> <laughs> impulse buys be careful with that um you know that can get you into trouble and we are we're coming into a time here especially if you do shopping online where boy the temptation for uh for impulse buys is just rampant you know big sale uh, lowest prices of the year you know 35 percent off it's black friday early black, black, friday. Early black friday yeah we've been doing black friday since what march yeah i think is about how long that's been going on uh and emergency savings obviously make sure you have a good emergency savings plan in place um but in reality the big question for you is do you indeed have a long-term financial plan or do we need to sit down in a retirement lifestyle review and talk about that yeah all right we're talking about the five questions that uh, you should ask yourself here or your, your advisor as you re- enter retirement so andy uh, question number two is how does inflation impact my cash flow well i guess that's all independent of you know we talk about everybody being a snowflake and that's true here as well so what does it actually mean to you? What is inflation and how is that impacting your savings? How is it ap- impacting your lifestyle? And it really depends on your circumstances. Inflation is good if you're on a fixed rate mortgage locked in at a low rate. Most of people that I know have refinanced and gotten into a lower rate. Um, but if you are brand new walking in the door trying to get somewhere today, that's probably a different situation. So mortgage payments got cheaper prior to this inflationary period. Do you still have a mortgage? That may not affect you at all. Um, it's bad, however, if you're renting and you know landlords can increase rent and change things as they need to. Obviously, oh. that can impact you greatly. Met with one of our clients the other day and they said that their rent was going up $300 a month. Yep. Wow. Yes. And it started out at like 11 something and then they raised it 100 bucks to 12 something and now it's going up i believe they told me it was like 300 dollars to 1500 dollars a month like that's significant significant. that's pretty that's a serious serious percentage Mm -hmm. increase yeah and i mean you look at it and you, you know think just looking at taxes and just looking at all the different things it's one more as these home prices have come up, obviously they're going to look at your your property taxes and potentially raise those as well. And you can't necessarily escape that. Um, but I don't know. Are you actually dealing? Do you have kids at home? They each add a house and home, so you know you'd have a significantly larger bill if you were still feeding kids. So hopefully you don't have that. But. I, everybody is different. So I don't know how inflation is going to inf- affect you at this point in time. It affects purchasing power is what it does. I mean, that's that's the whole deal. This is government made. Inflation is the printing of too many dollars and cents, period, end of story. Um, so that's the hard part is how do we change that and how does that affect you? Mm-hmm. All right. So, Luke, how do we change course now or do we change course uh, looking at this uh, uh, sea of economic environment? Well, I think a lot depends on whether or not you've got a plan in place or you don't have a plan in place. If you've got a solid plan in place um, that's taken into account inflation, that's taking into account this environment, that's designed to pivot during times like this that we know are going to continue to come, less likely that you're going to need to make an emotional decision right now. But if you're out there without much of a plan, um, you know, then the, the tendency in human nature is, well, times aren't good. So we need to, you know, go and revamp everything. We should just go to cash. We should, um, you know, throw baby out with the bathwater. Isn't that yeah. what you say, Sam? Uh, I say not to do that. Oh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, so I think the key here is that we don't want to make sudden moves. Um, the, the stock market, if you've got ac- 
access or if you've got exposure rather to the stock market with a 401k with an IRA, um, it's a it's a long term game. But you also have to have a very clear plan for you know different time periods throughout that and if you don't have a plan for that you need to take action now talk to somebody now that can help you get that area in order so that you can stay committed to the plan so you can ensure that you're in the best positioning leading up to retirement and through your retirement years absolutely so sam you sure uh, have a handle too on uh, your diversification know what your portfolio stands for uh, in terms of uh, diversification yeah, I, and you know that's a really that's a really confusing term for people. I think diversification because um, I coined the phrase the illusion of diversification many years ago uh, because I see that all of the time. And what I'm talking about here is those of you that own lots of different mutual funds. You're with one of the big Brock's brokers that prefers to use mutual funds, uh, and not that there's anything inherently wrong with a mutual fund. There isn't. You know, in in its proper place but i meet so many of you that have 8 10 12 15 different mutual funds in your portfolio and when we run it through its paces and riskalyze which is a totally unbiased software program that's merely looking at the facts ma'am it's kind of like you know what's the old show dragnet sergeant joe friday it's just the facts ma'am what we find out is that those 10 12 14 different mutual funds that you own they're all basically the same. Mm-hmm. The technical term for it in our industry is called the correlation, and they're highly correlated, meaning that they're all doing almost exactly the same thing at the exact same time. So you're kind of bewildered because you don't understand why you're going right in line with whatever the market's doing. Well, it's because you have no diversification. So don't be fooled by the illusion of diversification. Owning a bunch of different pooled investments mutual funds is in no way shape form or fashion being diversified unless they are truly different pieces in your portfolio come in for that retirement lifestyle review we'll be happy to run a risk analysis for you and you can see for yourself and I guess the last question, Andy, very quickly is, do I have any emergency savings? That's always crucial. Well, I hope so. I mean, maintaining an emergency fund can just depend on who you are and what you're comfortable with. Some people keep a certain dollar amount that they're comfortable with. Some people like to look at it in three months or six months worth of bills um, or expenses. And and I think a savings account is great. Now, with that said, the banks are still paying nothing. Um, they're you know happy to charge you a bunch of money for interest on whatever they can, but they are certainly not paying it out. And great sums of money on the other side. Um, So it may not be that you want to keep your money all at the bank, but there is a place for having emergency savings that you can tap into and everybody's benchmark is a little bit different. So, you know, whether that's a set dollar amount or whether that's a number of months of expenses, I don't know, but I think it is good to have that waiting around in case you need it for anything. All right. So if people want advice, Sam, what should they do? Give us a call. Just dial it up. Schedule that retirement lifestyle review that we talk about. And let's just get down to the truth. You're not going to get a sales pitch, folks. You're not going to get high pressure. You're not going to get, you know, oh, doom and gloom, and this is the worst thing in the world. What we're going to do is we're going to speak to you as an adult. We're going to have a very common sense, straightforward conversation with you telling us what you're trying to achieve. If you want us to, we'll run an analysis of what you're doing through our Riskalyze program. We can put you through the program and see what your risk score is, and then just see are you properly aligned with your goals, and is your portfolio aligned to do what you want it to do? And at that point in time, you're an adult. You can figure it out. You can either fix it yourself. You can go back to the person that uh, broke it and request that they fix it, or you can have us fix it and 
bring us on as your advisors. We're not going to put any pressure on you one way or the other. But the only thing that we do ask in a meeting like that is that you come to it with the same open mind that we're going to come to it with. I mean, if you're totally convinced that your brother-in-law, who's your financial advisor, is doing the greatest job that he could possibly do, well, then stick with them. You know, go broke together. That's okay. It's not our money. We're not going <laughs> to. We're not going to get real upset about that. But if you're really interested in having a straightforward, honest-to-goodness, eyeball-to-eyeball conversation with fiduciaries who are not going to pull any punches but who are going to be fair with you, give us a call. All right. That number is 866-203-7486. That's 866-203-7486. No cost, no obligation. Sit down with Sam, Andy, or Luke and uh, get that retirement lifestyle review. What's happening in the next segment, Sam? Well, everyone makes mistakes, but making them in retirement can be costly and should be avoided. When we come back, five of the most common blunders people can make, and we'll offer some suggestions as to how to avoid them. We're back on your retirement. I'm Chuck Caton with Sam, Andy, and Luke of Dual Financial Strategies. You know who they are. They've got over a score of years of experience as fiduciaries, as Sam said before, because it's all about your retirement. Uh, anywhere in the Fox Valley, it's 866-203-7486. That's the number uh, to uh, get that consultation about um, you're heading to retirement. Well, you want the best advice, and uh, Dual Financial Strategies can help you out as well. Well, there's no hard and fast rules. In getting to retirement, uh, but uh, there are some mistakes that people make that uh, can have a negative impact on the golden years, and you don't want to be making those. And uh, I guess when we talk about Sam's book, Purpose Determines Placement, the purpose of this program, uh, I think, Sam, is to uh, help people avoid those uh, retirement mistakes. And I guess mistake number one is thinking you can beat the market. I don't know how many people are thinking they can do that in this market, but uh, maybe that's a common mistake uh, in the past. Oh, interestingly enough, we see it all the time where folks really think that they can do that, uh, whether it's because of subscription to some newsletter or whatever the case might be. Um, if if my opinion is of, is of any value to you at all or my observation, I mean, folks, I'm in 22 years I've been doing this, more than two decades. I have yet to meet the person, and I have talked to thousands and thousands of you. I've evaluated thousands and thousands of plans. I have never met anyone in my career that has beat the market, ever. None of you have ever done it. Oh, you may have done it for a short period of time, or you may have done it on a couple of stocks, (laughs) but you cannot do it long term. It's impossible to do. Peter Lynch is well regarded as probably one of the finest money managers that has ever graced the face of the planet, and he didn't do it either. And let me let you in on a little secret here. The very best money managers, the type of people that we work with, they have zero interest in trying to beat the market. None whatsoever. As a matter of fact, they are purposely trying to underperform the market. We believe in what's called active tactical management. And if a good active tactical manager can get 60 to 70% of the market upside when it happens, say the market goes up 10, if they can get 6 or 7% of that, they're tickled to death. What they're really looking for is not outperforming the market on the way down. They're trying to limit those downside exposures to 30 to 40%. If you can pick up seven when the market goes up and limit your downside exposure to, to a negative four when it goes down that same 10%, folks, you'll win that game every time. 
But if you think you're smart enough to outsmart the market and to beat the pros there, I feel sorry for you Yeah, because it's not going to happen. All right. Mistake number two, Eddie, keeping all your money in cash. Well, just like we were talking about in the last segment, you know, the banks are happy to charge you high interest on credit cards, on mortgages now, whatever. Um, but the, the reality is they do not want to pay you. And they used to, right? There was a relationship between our dollars and cents and the banks, and they would, you know, want to attract dollars so they had more money in their bank. They don't have to do that anymore, so they don't want to pay us anything. So keeping all of your money in the bank, though it's it's not subject to potential market losses, is certainly not going to pay you anything to be there or anything sustainable. I mean, you know, last time that we did have well, high... Well, right now you're losing 8 or 9% every day. Right. <laughs> and sitting in there. Yep. And, you know, when we had a high inflation 40, 50 years ago... Um, you know, you could potentially have um, great CDs that were paying six, seven, eight something percent, but you also had mortgage rates that were in the double digits, high double digits yeah. as well. So, you know, those two things usually go hand in hand. So right now the banks are not paying us to be there. And so is it a place for all of your money? Probably not if you want to keep up with any sort of a pace with inflation. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you know, I, you're preaching the choir. <laughs> I have uh, nightmares about 1981 very often when I had two mortgages and a bridge loan and the interest rates that you talked about. I was happy if I had an 11% mortgage. I know people yep. are going to say, uh, you're crazy, but I did live through it, and we did. And uh, luckily, uh, we came out of that uh, doing well. All right, uh, mistake number three of the five we're going to talk about here, uh, Luke, uh, is putting a little money in a lot of places. Why is that a mistake? Well, generally, we know that diversification is a good thing, but diversification can be really confusing um, because it, diversification doesn't mean that we say yes to every sales pitch, to everything that crosses the table, to every five-star morning star report that comes out and said, hey, this is the greatest fund or the greatest investment since sliced bread. We've got to focus on diversifying in a way that looks at all the underlying assets, stocks, bonds, real estate, all the different areas we can go to. And an example of this would be, so let's say you're going to hold 20 different mutual funds inside of a portfolio or a manager is. Having all 20 of those be linked to financials or something like that or one specific area would not be prudent because now you've got, uh, as Sam was talking about earlier in the show, a high degree of correlation, a high degree of similarity between those funds. And even if they're all not financials, understanding what's inside of each of those funds um, and how much overlap is there is really key to true diversification and not just the illusion of diverse diversification. Yeah, that's a very, very good uh, thought and talk because uh, I think a lot of people do get confused. They must, they have mutual funds uh, in a lot of different places, but they're they're really repeating everything they have. I mean, they've got the same uh, asset classes and that type of thing, so uh, that could be a big mistake. We're talking about mistakes that people make in retirement, and five of those with uh, uh, Sam, Andy, and Luke of uh, Dual Financial Strategies. And remember, that phone number is 866-203-748. Uh, to get your retirement lifestyle review. And remember, this is a no-cost, no-obligation. As Sam said earlier, you can sit down uh, and feel them out, talk to them, uh, ask questions. They'll ask questions of you. And if you can work together on a plan, uh, that would certainly be beneficial for you. That's what their job is. All right, so Sam, mistake number four is maybe steering a little bit too clear uh, of your savings. Uh, I think that this is something that a lot of people have trouble with uh, when they're going into retirement. Uh, they can save, but uh, maybe they don't want to spend. That is 
without question, the number one biggest challenge that most of you have moving into retirement is going from the mindset of being a saver to being a spender. It's very, very difficult for you to do. As a matter of fact, it's, I, I believe for, it's terrifying for many of you to do that. Um, now we do find that usually after about at least the first year in retirement, most of you settle into that mode, but being able to walk you through that process and showing you what a successful road to doing that looks like is paramount because it is imperative that you do that. Um, I find that many people in retirement are still saving money to some degree, but don't be afraid to dip into your money and spend it. You know, some people will not spend it because they'll say, well, we want to give it to, you know, we want to give it to our kids or we want to give it to a charity or we want to give it to loved ones or a cause. Great. Wonderful. We think that is a beautiful thing. But seriously, if you want to do that, buy life insurance. That's what it's for. Mm -hmm. It's the greatest leveraging tool that there is on the face of this planet. I mean, if you could take $100,000 of your savings and turn it into three times that much tax-free to give to your children, why wouldn't you do that? Or the charity, right? Or the well, charity. Right. Or the, the biggest thing that we see people do is they'll start giving the wrong kind of money to a charity. Mm -hmm. Just real quick, I don't want to take up all of this segment, but real quick on that, that concept, if you're thinking about that, folks, charities are typically tax-exempt to begin with, right? So mm -hmm. what money that you have would you want to give to a charity? Well, you'd want to give them the proceeds from the IRA because that money's fully taxable. Every dime of it is. But if you give that to the charity, then that money was never taxed before, and it never will be taxed. Mm -hmm. Everybody wins in that. So do that, and then if you're saying, well, yeah, what about the kids? Buy the life insurance for the kids. If you give them the IRA, they're going to immediately give back 25 to 40% of it, depending upon what their state and federal tax returns right. are. You're literally going to cut the value of it by somewhere between probably 30 and 50%. So why would you not employ a strategy? That's why we call this planning. It's not called selling stuff. It's called structuring a plan, determining the purpose of the plan, and then and only then the placement of the things within the plan takes place so that it works for you and your family. Absolutely. So Andy, feeling trapped by real estate. What are we talking about there? Why is that a mistake? Well, I think for so many people, um, you've raised your families in these homes. And for the most part, it's a it's a big asset. And while this can be a great news for your financial future, it can also make a difficult decision as to whether to sell that home. And, you know, you get to a point where it's work, right? In Wisconsin, it's work. You're either mowing or you're moving snow. So Pretty much. You know, it's like the basically two seasons. We've got a little bit of a lull right now. <laughs> yeah. Then there's the leaves. Then there's the leaves. Exactly. <laughs> there's leaves. Yeah. Um, so, so from a standpoint of it can be a tremendous amount of work and that may not be something that you can do as you get older as your body tells you that you shouldn't be doing things even though your mind might be willing um so it it may be a case where you have to come up with the hard decision maybe to downsize or to go to something a little easier or perhaps you want to spend winter somewhere else um so you have to kind of look at those things and say does this make sense to remain in this home or do we need to do something different uh, you know unfortunately if you're selling right now it could still be a decent price prices are softening however and interest rates are coming up so it may not be the best time to buy a home, although I don't know that we'll ever see interest rates as low as we have for this. Oh, you know. Never say never. I, you know, I know. I always, I always say common sense. It's always never going to be the same. No, and yeah, <laughs> and, and the government keeps doing what they do. Um, so with that, I guess I would just say, you know, I'm not sure if you feel trapped by your home or not, but it's certainly something to consider. Is you know how 
what is your plan for your home or housing, I should say, and how are you going to make that easier for yourself? And um, potentially that means downsizing. Potentially it means, you know, going through years, decades of stuff and thinning out what you have. And that can be challenging too. So um, I, you know, take a look at, at what your needs are, what you think your needs might be and go from there. Well, uh, one thing quickly, Sam, uh, that uh, is uh, something that should be done, uh, is not confusing, is to deal with uh, you at Dual Financial Strategies. Yeah, at, that's a that's a perfect place to start. I mean, just having a grown-up adult conversation with no selling agenda, with no quotas to be met because, you know, the manager said we had to sell XYZ fund this month, being able to, to approach you one-on-one just as people having a conversation about what your future looks like, we find it to be very, very relaxing for people. It's not that we find it. We get this comment all of the time. Um, and the number one comment that we get from you when you come in is, I wish I would have met you insert a number in the blank five years ago 10 years ago 15 years ago the key folks is to make the call get into the office because you're meeting us now it's not too late the times haven't passed you by let's get together talk about where you're at and see if we might be a good fit for you and if we're not at least we can give you some valuable information some education a copy of my book and get you pointed in the right direction. And the way to do that is 866-203-7486. That's 866-203-7486 to get that retirement lifestyle review. And remember, it is at no cost, no obligation with Sam, Andy, or Luke. What's happening next, Sam? Well, after nearly three years, there are still unanswered questions about the SECURE Act and how it impacts a retirement plan. When we come back, we've got some estate planning strategies to rethink after the SECURE Act. This is your retirement. This is Chuck Caton. We are back on the air here uh, with uh, Sam Duell, Andy Schooler, Luke Van Abel of Duell Financial Strategies. And remember uh, that uh, their number is 866-203-7486. And uh, it was always called the Setting Every Community Up for Retirement Act. That was a secure act about three years ago. We saw it during the uh, pandemic. We've talked about the changes to the stretch IRA, but there's other estate planning changes as a result. And we're going to uh, tackle those right now and see what some of those changes are and how they will impact you. And uh, obviously, um, <laughs> there's never any free lunch when it comes to inheriting an IRA, right, Sam? So let's talk about the distribution of it with the uh, that SECURE Act. Yeah, you know, those IRAs are interesting because the taxes have never been paid on that, and somebody somewhere at some point is going to pay the taxes. So, And, you know, my big question, Chuck, is where does government and the people that that do these policies and bills and stuff where do they come up with these stupid names is there like a special stupid name category in washington and that's all that's the only people that work there i don't know that's a good Probably. question they do a good setting, job at it. setting every community up for retirement the last time i checked after a couple of decades of doing this i've yet to have a community come in and talk to me about retiring <laughs> right. exactly yeah. it's, it's never it's the never vice happened. president of acronyms i don't yes, know who e that e is it exactly probably make it 200 like grand a year or whatever yeah, and uh, a Forever lot better benefits, retirement plan yeah. than you and I have got. And, so. and different health care, too. All right, so first thing on SECURE Act, the biggest impact that it had was the distribution of inherited IRAs. So you've got an IRA, you die, it's going to go to somebody else. One of the most publicized aspects of the SECURE Act was to change how the inherited IRAs must be distributed to beneficiaries. So now, most non-spousal beneficiaries, non-spousal, children, 
friends, nieces brothers and, and sisters, nieces and nephews, non-spouse beneficiaries must take full distribution from the account within 10 years. That means that the payment of taxes is accelerated and because it's very, very um, likely that the people that are inheriting this IRA are probably still working. They already have their income. You start dropping a big IRA distribution um, amount on their tax return every year. Pretty good chance their taxes are going up, too. Yeah, that's great. Okay, so is there a, a difference here, Andy? What about eligible designated beneficiaries? Are they uh, exempt from this uh, 10-year rule? Well, so as a designated beneficiary, you can continue to stretch an inherited IRA withdrawals over your lifetime. So those beneficiaries include a surviving spouse, a disabled beneficiary who's at least 10 years younger than the account holder, and certain trusts. And they've very narrowed it down. So you have, you know, these are the options that can do a stretch, but everyone else cannot. They want their tax money and they want it now or as close yeah. to now as they can. So, um, yes, they have very much narrowed that that width down to these options. And, and that's and that's one word is. on trust. If you are leaving your IRA to a trust, make double, triple sure that you're conferring with the attorney that drafted that trust that it has the proper language in it to receive an IRA without triggering the taxable concept of it. I was called to testify as an, as an expert witness in a case in Green Bay a number of years ago for that very reason, because the advisor had not understood how the trust worked. They did not confer with the attorney that had drafted the trust, and they sent the IRA money to the wrong trust, and it ended up being fully and completely taxable, and it was a nightmare for the surviving spouse. So wow. make sure that you get that correct because mm. there is not a do-over for that. Well, Luke, uh, Sam already talked about that 10-year rule and the tax ramifications, so let me ask you, uh, are there alternatives to the stretch IRA? So the alternative uh, to the stretch IRA is there needs to be some creative planning done. Um, in the case of a sur surviving spouse or children, it can make sense to appoint a surviving spouse, the beneficiary of a portion of the traditional IRA or this qualified money, and the children, the beneficiaries of the remaining portion. The surviving spouse can take their portion as a stretch and allowing the children to be subject to the 10-year rule uh, that we were discussing earlier. Uh, the surviving spouse would then make the children the beneficiary of their IRA, and the children would get a second 10-year period um, on that money. So es essentially allowing the children to stretch it out for an additional 10-year period of time beyond the initial 10-year period of time. So that's, that's kind of an alternative strategy. All right. So Andy, are there exemptions for IRA inherited before 2020? Uh, when this Secure Act uh, took place? So IRAs that were inherited prior to January 1st, 2020, are covered by the rules in place at that time. So they're not subject to the 10-year rule. So anybody who is there prior to and taking distributions or have a stretch IRA at that point in time are fine. They can't change the rules. You've been grandfathered in. But yep. anyone beyond that point in time um, then has to um, use the new rules and therefore no more stretch IRAs unless you're one of the three um, options that can. All right. Uh, let's go back to Luke now. And I want to talk about the role of Roth IRAs. Uh, this is something that people should be considering in a lot of different ways, not just uh, when it comes to the SECURE Act. Yeah. Roth IRAs play a really critical role in in planning. Um, it's something that gets a lot of press, especially when we're talking about these 10-year rules, because they 
they didn't make any exception for the the 10 year rule with a Roth. So even though that money's not taxable when it comes out of the Roth IRA, you still have 10 years to get the money out. But the important part about uh, Roth IRAs and the having the tax-free benefit associated with them is the earlier that you can get those started, uh, the better, because there's this this five-year look-back window potentially depending on your age. So the sooner you can get a Roth IRA started, the better uh, for your long-term planning needs. All right. So, uh, Sam, uh, we touched on it earlier, uh, life insurance. You talked about it, uh, using that as an alternative uh, in this situation uh, during the SECURE Act to uh, mitigate taxes. It's it's a powerful way to circumvent the new rules on inherited IRAs. in, in point for beneficiaries who are not eligible designated beneficiaries. Let's let's talk children, okay? Because that's the most likely scenario here is you're gonna give it to your kids. Now, this may or may not be a viable option for you. First of all, if you're using life insurance, you have to qualify for it, right? You have to, your health has to be okay. Your age has to be in the right place. But we find that in today's world, particularly with life insurance, life insurance companies look closely at these things, but we see cases all of the time where we have people that are, you know, you have diabetes, you've had cancer, but you've been cancer free for the last seven years, things like that. Usually 10 plus. Seven to 10. Yeah. But it depends upon what the cancer was. Um, you've had a heart surgery. Just because you've had these dings doesn't mean that you can't get life insurance. It's just something that has to be explored. The question is, do you need it? But think about this. What, what if you had, let's say you got three kids and you got a million and a half dollars in your IRA. So you're going to you're going to die. We all are. None of us get out of this thing alive. And each one of them is going to get five hundred thousand dollars. Well, what about a conversation with the kids where you go to me and say, look, guys, here's the deal. Each of you is probably going to inherit about a half a million dollars here and you're given tax brackets. It's probably going to cost you. Oh, I don't know. Maybe in the the neighborhood of uh, probably one hundred and fifty to two hundred thousand dollars is what you're going to end up paying in taxes on this by the time it's all done. Well, that's a lot of money to give up. What if the three kids went together and they funded a life insurance policy for you for those individual amounts? They could do that. The rule in life insurance is just that you have to have insurable interest. Mm-hmm. Well, the children have insurable interest in you if you're going to pass on a highly valued IRA to them. And this is tax mitigation. That's what we're doing here. So Mom and dad might watch their back a little bit more. but you know. <laughs> exactly. But just folks, all we're saying is you've got to think about these things. And if you're not going to think about it, then you have to have an advisor who does. And you have to have an advisor who has enough knowledge in the insurance world, in the tax world, in the investing world, one that focuses on retirement like a laser like we do, to be able to guide you through these things. There's some very, very creative things you can do, but if you've never heard about them, you're obviously never going to do them. And it could cost you and your beneficiaries hundreds of thousands of dollars in the end. Yeah, we're talking, Andy, about uh, the SECURE Act. And how about leaving other assets to heirs? Well, so based on the 10-year rule for inherited IRAs, <clears throat> it may make sense for you to revamp your estate. I mean, I don't know, but perhaps having a conversation with your attorney might be the best start of that. And, and you might decide to spend down your IRA or leave taxable investments to the heirs or buy life insurance, leave that to the heirs and, you know, do your use your required minimum distributions to purchase that and whatever. I mean, the list is endless of what you can do as far as what options you have. So working, making sure that you are working with someone who's a, a fiduciary, B, who has um, a relationship with 
attorneys that you guys can all talk and share information makes it so much easier to be on the same page and make sure that everybody is doing what's in your best interest. All right. And how about distributing assets, Luke, through a trust? I I know Sam touched on that earlier. He did. And I'm going to make a a plug for estate planning here because we sit with a lot of people and we know that most of you have not gone through the exercise of preparing an estate plan. And that looks- Even a basic one. Even a basic one. And we're not saying here, folks, that you need to go out and get a trust. We're not saying that you just need a will. But what you do need need to do is sit down with a competent attorney that specializes in this area to ensure that your interests are carried out the way that you want them to be um, so that you know you're kind of protecting your kids and loved ones from themselves too Uh, that's a piece of the puzzle Uh, but back to distributing assets through a trust um, in the context of what we're talking about here if you haven't had your trust reviewed, if you haven't had your will reviewed since January 1st of 2020, I highly recommend uh, the, the attorneys that we talk to on a regular basis um, are recommending that you have these reviewed because that SECURE Act that we've been talking about has changed the rules of the game. Um, so you want to ensure that the language written inside of those documents is accurate and will carry out your wishes appropriately and not cause undue taxes, not cause undue stress for your loved ones. All right. And finally, uh, very quickly, charitable remainder trust, Sam. Yeah, real quick. I know we're about out of time here, but basically a charitable remainder trust, you'll hear the acronym on that, a CRT. Uh, It's a trust that distributes income to the trust beneficiaries during their lifetime with the remainder going to one or more charities upon their death. Uh, Contributions to a CRT and any earnings inside of it are not taxable. Very simply on a, on a, on a charitable remainder trust, I know it sounds cool. It sounds real sexy. Not everybody needs one, as Luke was talking about with, with estate planning. Some people need more complicated, more comprehensive planning. Others need more simplistic. Just don't get all caught up in the names of these things and think, well, that sounds really cool. I mean, you know, if you got $500,000 in an IRA, you probably don't need a CRT. You probably don't need to go to the extra expense to have that. I'm not giving any advice here because I'm not an attorney, but think about this in the context of common sense. Is the tool appropriate to the job? Back to the book, Chuck, purpose determines placement. Absolutely. So again, uh, it makes common sense for people to uh, give you guys a call. Yeah, just give us a ring. Just jump on the phone. Chuck's going to give you the number. Get in the office, either Appleton or Green Bay, and let's get some of these loose ends tied up for you here coming into the end of this year. The number is 866-203-7486 at Dual Financial Strategies. And as Sam said, he uh, can uh, grace you with his book, which is in its second printing, by the way, uh, Purpose Determines Placement. When you come in and get that no-cost, no-obligation uh, consultation with them at Dual Financial Strategies because it is all about your retirement. It's 866-203-7486. Question and answer time. I know we don't have very many questions. We'll probably have to stretch things out in the next segment, uh, Sam, but uh, it is coming. Yeah, it was a busy week for listeners sending us in questions, but uh, we chose three of them that we think will be highly educational for you, uh, and we think that we can shed some uh, good light that will be applicable for a lot of you. Back on your retirement, it is question and answer time. I'm Chuck Caton along with Sam Duell, Andy Schooler, Luke Van Abel of Duell Financial Strategies. 
22 years of experience here, and they're fiduciaries. They have, uh, well, you come first when it comes to retirement planning in their consultations with you as part of their uh, retirement lifestyle review. 866-203-7486 is the number. And now we're going to, uh, well, it's going to be short and sweet here. So let's see if we can amplify some of these answers on uh, people that want to uh, ask you some questions. I don't know why we're a little short this week on questions. Maybe uh, because people are getting ready for Black Friday, as you guys said before, in a couple of weeks after Thanksgiving. But, uh, Sam, we're going to start with you and go to De Pere, where Jenny is. And uh, uh, she says, my company matches my 401k contributions. But here's the catch. They do it in the form of company stock. Uh, I'm not that excited about owning a lot of company stocks, says Jenny. So uh, I don't want to, uh, at the same time, miss out on any matching funds. So should I still try to put as much as I can into it? Hi, Jenny. Uh, there's multiple different things I'll comment on here. But the first the first uh, answer to the question is yes. Yes, you should. You should always put into a 401k company-sponsored plan whatever it takes for you to get the match. Um, I can understand you not wanting to be too exposed to the company stock, but if you think about it in 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 reality, um, it's just the match, Jenny. That's it's the stock that's going in as your match. So it's not like you are accruing the 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 bulk of what you're putting into your 401k and company stock. As a matter of fact, it's probably only a small percentage. Let's right. say that they match three percent. You know, you're putting in a hundred dollars and they match three percent. Well, let's. That's not a lot of company stock. It might be fifty so. percent of what you're putting in. It might right? be, yeah. It's not. It's not. It's usually not an extraordinarily high percentage number. So, the number one rule, though, on four hundred one ks, no matter what they are matching with, whether it's company stock or dollars, is get the free money. It's still free money by and large. Um, and I would have to say that if you're working for a company, it's, uh, you know, whether it's publicly traded or privately valued, uh, over a long period of time, Jenny, it's, it has to be absent them going down the tubes or going broke or something. It has to be likely that if a company's gotten big enough to where they are issuing stock, that the long-term viability of holding that stock should be reasonable at least. So I wouldn't shy away from it just because they are matching with company stock. Um, but then make sure that you're looking at other strategies beyond that. We want to get the match. Uh, but then let's look at your tax bracket. Let's look at what your future situation is uh, and make some determinations. Does it make sense for you to put money into a Roth? Do you have that option? Should you be doing some outside planning? A lot of different questions that come into play. But by all means, always, regardless what the form of payment is get the company match jenny must be old enough to remember enron i guess uh, so she's yeah a maybe so and it happens i'm not going to say that it doesn't happen but still um you just have to be you just have to be aware of it and and understand and you know the other thing to remember too jenny is that if you are building what you feel is uh you know exorbitant amounts of company stock most plans have that feature called a non-hardship uh, in-service distribution option to where at age 59 and a half you can usually roll all of your money out of a 401k and into your own private IRA so that could be another strategy for you if you got too much of what you felt was a holding against the company if they allowed that uh, for you to divest yourself of some of that as you close in on retirement we have a lot of people that do that and right. with the with the benefit then to Jenny that while you're still working, you can be contributing to that 
company plan, oh, still getting company stock. Sure. So you'd yeah. still have exposure to, to it's it. It's just like just a rebalance. Not. That's all you're yeah, doing. You're exactly. doing, when you're doing in-service distribution, you're just rebalancing out of the company plan and into your own private IRA. Well, it just gives you more options. More options. All right, uh, Andy, Lillian and Chilton wants to know, I don't have a retirement plan through an employer. So what's the best way I can uh, save some money and lower taxes? Well, so that's a great question. The old question. <laughs> yeah, it is a great question. Um, is it that you don't have an employer or that the employer doesn't offer a retirement plan or that you just didn't participate in the plan, I guess would be my question to clarify that. So if you do have an option to participate and just don't or haven't yet, you might look into that because there is a greater ability to put contributions or higher levels of contributions through an employer plan, 401k, whether it be a Roth or a traditional. Um, now, as far as outside, if you don't have that option at all, what's the best way you can save money out? side and lower taxes well dollar for dollar obviously if you do a traditional IRA but you get pretty limited if you're over um, 50 you have the catch-up contribution but you're still limited to what is it 7,000 this year contributions yeah for yeah. 2022 yeah 2022 7,000 is your limit and that goes between a traditional and a Roth so it's not like you can have both set up and contribute that amount to each it's that that's the total you can contribute which makes me a little grumpy that they put limitations like that it's your savings it's your retirement you should be able to put my, whatever money you want want into there rely on them for your retirement but you can't save too much no and so (laughs) you know your your question is if if you're trying to lower taxes and you get more challenges if you're looking for additional options and places to put money that could create like tax free income later on then your only two options are a Roth IRA and or a LERP plan which is a life insurance retirement plan um, properly structured so that you have to find someone who actually knows and understands how to utilize the insurance and structure it properly so that you have the best advantage for yourself um, but but that gets into the you know different options that you need to look at and work with somebody who knows and understands what your needs are and what um, what monies you have and what makes the most sense in your in your world for what you're trying to solve. And for. outside of just the retirement accounts, it, it may be worth noting the HSA too. Yep. Oh um, yeah. HSA. It, not everybody's certainly eligible for it, right. but you have to have a high deductible um, health insurance plan in order to be able to contribute to that. But yes, that can be a brilliant way to save money um, and use those dollars and cents specifically for health related expenses, be it prescriptions, be it anything that you need that is medically related. You could use that money. And, and the health tax-free. savings account d- doesn't run out, right? Correct. I mean, we're, yeah. Eventually, most of us are going to need it in some yep. capacity. We're going to see doctors as we age. So it's not money like the what is it, the flex spending accounts right, where you've got to spend it within year. a year. Yeah. If, if you're sort of thinking that when we bring it up, no, this is kind of lifetime money for healthcare expenses with the tax advantage. All right, very good answer, uh, uh, Andy and Luke. And so Luke, uh, Steve and Appleton wants to know from you, as a 65-year-old, he's going to be retiring early next year. He's got about $150,000 in a Roth IRA and about $450,000 in his 401k. So uh, Steve wants to know if it matters which one I start taking money from first or should I just take some from each Steve dare I say it always matters Um, we don't want to just go and willy-nilly start plucking money out of certain accounts or saying hey I've got two accounts so 50 50 is a good blend Uh, this is certainly an area when we're talking about taxes that everybody falls into a different tax bracket currently some are single some are married uh, some go into retirement with um, 
you know, two nice social security checks. Some go in with one nice social security check and, you know, the other one that might be half or a third of the other. So your individual tax bracket is going to dictate a lot of um, how this should be planned for. These are the areas that we consider as we're looking forward into retirement. Um, So you want to consider what's your tax bracket now? And also, where do you think tax rates are going to go in the future? Um, Because if you're of the mindset that, you know, tax rates could go up, well, that's going to cause a certain line of thinking and where you pull money from. If you think they might stay the same or go down, that's a different sort of scenario. So the other thing that I'll give you, Steve, is kind of some food for thought, especially as we roll into we're we're kind of in that final quarter of the year, um, a strategy for for pulling money out is to split it between different tax years. So if, if you do need some money, maybe it's a larger chunk of money. Um, I don't know if this is a larger chunk or if it's just I mean, you said retiring. So most likely this is like a monthly amount that you're going to need. But if a, if a project came up, if there's something that you have on your mind, um, you know, splitting the money, taking some money this year, very specifically within the bounds of maybe a current tax bracket. But you want to plan this. You want to plan this with a financial advisor. You want to plan this with your tax professional. If you're preparing your taxes, you want to sit down with a calculator and make sure that you're not you know, tipping the scales into a higher tax bracket. You want to have a plan for every dollar that you're pulling out and a reason for doing it. All right. And the reason you should see dual financial strategies is, Sam? Well, we can give you that plan and we can get you pointed in the right direction. And along with that plan, that falls in line with the title of the book that I wrote, Purpose Determines Placement. The biggest thing that we're trying to accomplish in a meeting with you, in a retirement lifestyle review with you, is what is the purpose of your retirement? What's the purpose of the money? What are you trying to achieve? Not your brother-in-law, not the, not Sue Zorman, not the person that, you know, wrote the article in Money Magazine. We don't care what they're trying to achieve. We don't care what their purpose is. I care about what your purpose is. That's the in-depth understanding of you as an individual, as a couple, as a future retiree, What's your purpose in retirement? Because until an advisor understands that at a very intimate level, there is absolutely no way that they can make a reasonable, well thought out recommendation to you as to what you should do or what you should own. So your purpose for your retirement, your purpose for your money will always dictate the placement of it, how it should be structured and how it should be spent and that is what sets dual financial strategies apart from everyone else. And this is why you should give them a call at 866-203-7486. That's 866-203-7486 to get that retirement lifestyle review. And again, everything comes at uh, no cost, no obligation. You sit down, you sit down with either Sam, Andy, or Luke and uh, pick their brain about uh, what is the best uh, strategy for you uh, to succeed in retirement because it is your Retirement. So anywhere in the Fox Valley that you're listening to us, uh, give them a call. Don't uh, procrastinate. It is 866-203-7486. And uh, get that retirement lifestyle review. All right, Sam, uh, your final thoughts on a good show today. Just appreciate so much uh, that everyone tunes in every week. Uh, Hope this is helpful for you. And join us again here if you would. Same time, same place next week.
Investment advisory services offered through Dual Financial Strategies, LLC, a Wisconsin registered investment advisor. Dual Financial Strategies does not provide legal or tax advice. Investment advisor representatives of Dual Financial Strategies may only conduct business with residents of the states and jurisdictions in which they are properly registered. Insurance and annuity products are sold through Dual Financial Strategies.